ASMR edition of A Little Spooky, a podcast about things that spook us just a little bit. Things like aliens, cryptids, conspiracies, or when you look for your phone for minutes and minutes at a time, but then you realize it's been in your hand the whole time. My name is Everett. I hate everything about what just happened. (laughs) I feel like I need to drink some water because my mouth is dry. Who are you? I'm Colleen. (laughs) I am sorry. I will not do that again. (laughs) I just feel like I have a microphone right in front of me. I've seen some memes recently of people doing the the ASMR. All right. Thingamajig. I think it's I think it's ASMR. I feel like that should be a name of like a really <laughs> dickish smurf. Asmer. Right. Okay. I'm doing a callback to a previous no. episode. Um <laughs> you scared me for a second. I lost my train of thought. Um, we talked about Jeff Bezos going to space. Yeah, that nerd, yeah. As of right now, there is a a partition. Partition between the moon and Earth, and he is trapped there. Oh, God, wouldn't that be great? No, there's a petition signed by 71,000 people petitioning Jeff Bezos to not be allowed to come back to Earth. (laughs) Sweet, sweet Colleen. There is also a petition, a better petition, calling on Jeff Bezos to buy the Mona Lisa and film himself eating it. And I want that more. <laughs> Why? Why would you want that? What What do you gain from because that? Because petitions don't mean anything, and they're just memes. It's, it's the new way of saying, hey, you got this email, send it to five friends, otherwise you're going to get a spook tonight. Ugh, whatever. I thought it was entertaining. Well, you know what else is entertaining? Hmm. Hopefully us. What are we talking about today? All right, today we're talking about the Lalali Mansion, or as I will probably pronounce it for the remainder of this episode, the Lalori Mansion, because I'm in Minnesota. But where are we going? The Lalori Mansion is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. Got it. New Orleans for the rest of us Minnesotans. This story is is part true crime, mostly true crime, part haunted house, and the whole story is a very morbid. That being said, I am going to put a content warning on this episode. There are some gruesome things that happen in this mansion. What makes this especially disgusting is it's not just a ghost story. The things that happened in this mansion are factual and very real, and they happen to an incredibly vulnerable group of people. But once we get past that part, we get in hauntings, and as everyone could probably agree, hauntings are pretty cool. Okay. Well, I guess if you're squeamish, listen with caution. Right. Long story short, I mean, I'm not going to go into every minute, gory detail, and I don't spend that much time talking about the gruesomeness of it all. But if... If you don't want to hear a little bit of gore, you're going to want to skip this episode and listen to one of our other fun episodes. Listen to last week's episode about Kappas. Kappas. It's lighthearted. I mean, it's a little nasty, too. They're, well, they're nasty boys. Yeah, they're pretty gross. But anyways, if, you're, if you've got some morbid curiosity, listen on. And th- this is actually a fascinating story. And the fact that it's real is um, it's just it, weird. 
The LaLaurie Mansion was actually named after a Louisiana socialite named Delphine LaLaurie. Mm-hmm. So to understand what happened at this mansion, you got to understand Delphine. She was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, when it was a Spanish territory in 1787. Mm-hmm. Okay. Her parents were notable Creoles, and she was raised pretty high up in society. And for people who are unfamiliar with the term Creole, at that time, it meant you were a white person of European descent, French or French or Spanish. Essentially, your parents were born in Europe and raised in Europe, but you were born in the West Indies or Spanish territories of North America. Okay. That's what makes you Also, I'm, I'm sorry, what year was this? 1787. Essentially, it, society was kind of a class system. So there were those born in Europe directly who then moved to Louisiana. Those were like the ruling class. Then you have their children born in the territories mm-hmm. who are still white they're called creole and then after that you had people of mixed races then you know indigenous people and the enslaved african americans i also like how you say this was a class system and like we totally aren't <laughs> right. in a class okay. system anymore right yes no very true i guess this is just more um people were more open about it sure, back then sure Creoles were basically upper class, but they were excluded from like high office, but still above everyone else. So like an upper middle class type thing. maybe. Yes. So she was born to a very prominent family with high connections. One of her family members ended up being mayor of New Orleans at some point and government officials, just fancy family. I couldn't find much information about her childhood, but I imagine it was fairly nice. Nice things and nice clothes and high society parties. Just based on her position. Yes. We don't know anything about her temperament or what she was like as a child. I assume nothing out of the ordinary because nothing was written about it. She was mentioned to have been a very attractive young lady. And at age 13, she was married to a high-ranking Spanish official. And this actually made her one of the most powerful women in the state due to his position. Sure. So she, like, rose up in ranks real fast. Fancy everything. Very important lady. I wonder around, like, what year that was no longer a common thing to do. To, like, marry marry at 13. I don't know. I feel like there are some... Some people who still do it. Yeah, I I mean, not condoning that. But it's, like, much more frowned upon now. Yes. Obviously. Right. I don't know. Just a thought. Anyways, in 1804, her husband was called back to Spain. There's, like, conflicting reports about why he was called back. Some people say he was getting a promotion and, like, called back to work some sort of fancy job in Spain. Other people say he was being punished for something And they were taking him out of his prominent position. I don't know. But for some reason, he was being called back to Spain. And Delphine, obviously being his wife, had to go with him. At the time he was called back, she was like nine months pregnant. Mm -hmm. Now, as they're on this journey back to Spain, which takes a long time, 
because mm-hmm. this is 1804. Her husband mysteriously dies somewhere around Havana, Cuba. I looked. I cannot find concrete information about how he died. Uh, one source I found said he got sick. So, I mean, it's 1804. They're traveling. It's very possible yeah, he got a, a random on disease. A, on a boat, too, for sure. Right, yes. I mean, just as, as the story flows, Delphine seems kind of suspicious, but there's really nothing to tie her to his death sure, at this point. Sure. And I would I mean what would she have to gain from killing her very very high husband? ranking yes, exactly. Yeah. Other than like not wanting to go to Spain, I guess. I suppose I imagine there's other ways out of that than murdering your husband though. Yeah. Anyways, he dies somewhere around Havana before they're able to even like really make their way to Spain. And very soon after that like, I think in Havana, she ended up having her baby and went back to New Orleans. A couple of years later, she ended up marrying a wealthy merchant and had four more kids. But after eight years of marriage, he too mysteriously died. Mm-hmm. Again, can't find any information about it, but I don't know, it sounds kind of suspicious to me. So, I mean, I guess we now that a second husband has died, maybe we do have to, you know assume that it is possible she killed the first husband Mm -hmm. because she was unhappy with the situation and just wanted to go back. Possibly. I guess it is possible. But I'm just thinking, like, the risk of doing that for a woman in these times, like, if your prominent husband dies and you become a widow, that's, like, not a good thing. No, but she also had very high family connections that could have, I guess, hidden there's nothing mentioned that stated she was found suspicious like under suspicion for murdering her husbands we'll keep in mind this is like 1804 1816 people die in left and right yes i i, I, everyone I, I shouldn't, di- I shouldn't say that but the death rate is higher right it's it is easier today. to die of something that we would consider relatively minor so we can't pin those murders or deaths. <laughs> Clearly, you can read my mind. We can't pin those deaths on her, but like for real, so sure. for, between you and me, what do you think? I I think the first one she probably didn't do it, and it was natural causes. But the second one, maybe. Yeah, weird. Anyways, he dies in eighteen sixteen. After her second husband's death. She fell in love with a French doctor named Leonard Louis Nicolas Lallerie. Way too many names. I know. So this is a French thing. Or is that just like an old timey thing? Or is it worse if you're old timey and French? (laughs) Yes. I don't know. Anyways, she married him. They fell in love. At this time, she was 38. Now, I read a couple different things. Either he was 20 years older than her or she was 20 years older than him. There was a 20-year age difference between hmm. the two of them. The age doesn't, it really doesn't matter at all for this story. But I read, like, in multiple different places, multiple different versions. Weird. Right. So he was actually her daughter's doctor. One of her daughters was born with, like, a spinal condition or whatever. And he was her daughter's doctor. And they would he would, like, come over and do all of his doctory stuff. And then they fell in love in a romantic whirlwind. And decided to get married. Just thought it was kind of a cute story or whatever. Yeah, and third marriage. Definitely going to end well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So they get married. Everything seems all like perfectly good and happy and wee. But soon after the wedding, neighbors started reporting, hearing like loud fighting and arguments and yelling and so on and so forth. Mm, Big surprise. Right. That's not good. So the couple and, you know, all the children lived in a mansion on Royal Street. And they also owned several slaves. I hate the word slaves. That's what they were, though. Yes, they were enslaved persons. I just feel like... Well, sure, of course, they're still people, but I mean, we should acknowledge that they were slaves. Right, yes. I just feel like you're taking away the humanity and you're turning them into property, which is how Delphine saw them. That's how any slave owner did. Exactly. So they had several slaves... And their quarters were located just outside the mansion. So it was the mansion and like right next to it. Sure. Slate's quarters. I think that's pretty normal. Yeah. Okay. So there's mixed opinions here. The people who were very close to Delphine and knew Delphine well said that she was very sweet towards them and treated them well. Right. (laughs) As well as you can treat people that you treat like property. Other people mentioned that she was pure evil towards her slaves. Rumors began to spread that she and her husband were grossly mistreating them. As we learned in our dismally short history lessons on this period of time in high school, enslaved persons were the property of their enslavers, and therefore the slave owners could essentially treat them however they wanted. But here is something that I didn't know. There actually were guidelines laid out that discouraged excessive cruelty and punishment. Now, I'm sure what constitutes excessive was different everywhere. And I imagine that people probably turned a blind eye a lot of times if they noticed excessive cruelty. I mean, yeah, the first thing that popped up into my my mind is like owning a dog like it's your pet you can pretty much treat it however you want because most people wouldn't say anything but there are technically laws in place that would prevent excessive punishment right or dog fighting or whatever right so people can be property up to a point and then you can start feeling bad for them i suppose (laughs) gross anyways these laws were in place There were people that, like, actually enforced these laws and policies. And there are at least two noted occasions where court representatives had to go to the LaLaurie mansion to physically remind them not to be cruel to their slaves. Now, this is what's interesting to me, because it sounds like it's like child protective services, and it's just as helpful. Like, hey, we noticed that, that, you know... You've been grossly and horribly mistreating these people. Just don't do it anymore. Don't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I guess <laughs> it is pretty much the same. <laughs> I just, I, I understand legally there's only so much you can do, but it, it doesn't seem super helpful other than to say, hey, we see you. Stop it. <laughs> um, It's obvious something was wrong. I mean... Uh, it has to be bad if people are like, if if other people who own slaves are noticing and reporting your cruel treatment 
of them. Sure. So she was even said to have beaten her daughters if they even slightly acted in any way kindly towards the slaves in the house. I think there was one instance in particular where one of her daughters tried to give somebody food. Sure. And that did not go over well with Delphine. Mm -hmm. In 1836, a neighbor claims that a few years earlier, she saw a small child running across the yard as fast as she could, being chased by Delphine with a whip. They ended they were like running all around the property. They ended up actually on the roof of the house and the child fell off. And the neighbor noted that every single visible bone of that child was broken. Oh, my God. That night, Delphine had her body dumped into a shallow grave and just like slightly covered over with dirt. Apparently, the little girl was named Leah and she was being punished because she was tasked with brushing Delphine's hair and she hit a snarl and it gave Delphine a minor ouchie. Cool lady. Right. After this incident, more investigations were done. Actually, nine of her slaves were removed from her home due to cruel treatment. But Delphine is a rich bitch with connections in mm -hmm. society. And she actually used her family connections to get these nine people back to her house. So, like, I believe family members purchased them and then she took them back. So essentially it was those investigations were completely useless. Everybody sure. knows what's going on, but nobody can really do anything about it. Right. Because not only is society set up against these people, but she also happens to be one of the most prominent women people in New Orleans sure. at the time. Delphine and her family and her husband lived like this for about nine years. And eventually Leonard was like, I'm over it. And he moved out. And I'm sorry, do, are, do they own like a like a plantation or something? Like, why no, do they need nine or more? It's slaves? just a large mansion. So they're just like servants. Yeah. Yeah. It's very excessive, too. Well, they're very wealthy. Yeah. I, I can't tell you exactly what they're doing, but it wasn't like a farm or anything. Right. They're it was, like just their personal staff. As basically. far as I understand. Yeah. Like cooks, cleaning, right. personal assistants. Nannies. Probably stable boys, nannies, yeah. sorts of things. Leonard moves out of the house. He's over it. And it's said that after this third tragically failed marriage, she started to go insane. He didn't die, though. No, he just left. He was like over the toxic sure. environment. Yeah, I guess I can see it. <laughs> well, OK, this is where things get. They take a turn for the worse. Very shortly after her husband left the, the mansion, a fire broke out and the fire started in the kitchen. Obviously, this concerned people, especially at the time. So fire marshals and police barged in mm -hmm. to get this fire under control. So it must have been a pretty bad fire. When they got into the kitchen, they found a black woman chained to the stove. She was still alive, luckily. And she, after they got her out, she said she's the one who started the fire. She started it on purpose as a suicide attempt because Delphine kept her chained to the stove all day, every day, and punished her for any anything that Delphine may have deemed to be slightly 
incorrect. And she had apparently like been planning on punishing her later that evening. So this lady decided to burn the house down in a suicide attempt before she could be punished. Wow. She was afraid. She said she was afraid Delphine would bring her to the uppermost room because people taken to the uppermost room never come back. So as this is happening, the fire is still raging, still going on. Fire marshals can't get it under control. So eventually, like a crowd of people come to assist. You would think that Delphine would be grateful for this assistance and want people to come like rescue her house and her things and her family. Mm-hmm. But nay, 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 nay. She actually refused to let anyone enter the house. She would not let a single person pass the door. Mm. But letting a raging house fire go at the time isn't really an option. I mean, it could or also even now. spread to the rest of exactly. the town. Yeah. So the crowd of people that came to help got anxious and they were like, listen, lady, move over. And they broke down her door and they went in anyways. Right. When they got inside, they saw why she might not have wanted anyone in there. As they were going through the house, attempting to put out the fire, they found seven of her slaves all alive, but all chained in kind of grotesque positions and in the middle of various forms of torture. So here's where I get into the gory details. If you don't want to hear them, skip ahead a couple minutes. There was an article written the next day in the New Orleans Bee that said, Upon entering one of the apartments, the most appalling spectacle met their eyes. Seven slaves, more or less horribly mutilated, were seen suspended by the neck with their limbs torn from one extremity to the other. These slaves were the property of a demon in the shape of a woman. They had been confined by her for several months in the situation from which they had thus been providentially rescued and had been merely kept in existence to prolong their suffering and to make them taste all the most refined cruelty could inflict. Another account account of what they encountered mentioned that these people were forced to wear spiked iron collars to keep their heads from moving. Several of them had even been flayed. Mm -hmm. meaning skin removed, and their intestines had been pulled out and tied around their bodies. Oh, my God. And they were still alive? um, So that was an interesting thing. The contemporary sources state that they were all alive. I can't imagine if your intestines are pulled out and wrapped around you that you would be alive. So either there were other corpses found. It was recently done. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't die right away from that. It would take a while. Either blood loss or right. some sort of infection. Right. The point is, this isn't like punishment. Right. This is absolutely just This torture. is sadistic yeah. torture. I mean, it was like she was trying to see how much pain she could inflict on a person before they would expire. Sure. Or either that or she just got pleasure out of Right. Doing this to be sadism, I guess. Yeah. Later accounts say even more gruesome and disgusting things about what happened. Some accounts said bones were broken and reset to make people resemble human crabs. One person had their limbs entirely amputated. 
Um, somebody had their eyes gouged out. Those later claims are not substantiated. Sure. And I, th- I think personally, more than likely, they were embellishments added on to the story over time. Sure. Okay. But the horrific nature of the scene, people being suspended by the necks, flayed, disemboweled, that is actual fact. And that's corroborated by depositions of dozens of people who went into the home at the time and witnessed the scene. And this is like respected people. I think they even mentioned one. There was a local judge who sure. like gave a deposition. So he would make the perfect witness in any sort of right. charges being brought up. <laughs> right. And it was, as you can imagine, awful. So when the news got out about what they found at the mansion, the town was furious. Everybody was disgusted and furious which i (laughs) can you imagine how hypocritical that is well yeah i was just gonna say it's so crazy to think like people like they say black people or any sort of like colored person is lesser than white people so they are enslaved in their property but at the same time you can't treat them too badly right it's like it's it doesn't so make sense. Right. So you acknowledge that they are human beings capable of experiencing pain and emotion. Right. But at the same time, not enough to not just be property. Right. It ugh, It's gross. Anyways, it gets worse. But <laughs> these people apparently were very upset. And it was so bad. Even people who owned slaves and probably inflicted terrible punishments on them were also furious and disgusted. So they formed a mob and they ran into what was left of the LaLaurie mansion and destroyed everything. Apparently, by the time the police showed up to, like, disperse the crowds, the only thing left of the mansion was the walls and the roof. Everything Mm. else was obliterated. Wow. Which, I mean, I guess goes towards that, like, mob mentality. You got to imagine that some people were just there to, like... I mean, loot. L- yeah. Yeah, she's I'm, a rich lady with a huge mansion. Right. I, I just, I'm suspicious as to what their motives are due to the fact that they can't, they must, there must have been several people who had turned a blind eye to what they had seen in the past. Right. Yeah, In terms for of sure. treatment of her yeah, maybe persons. like especially the ones in her more local vicinity, like the right. neighbors or neighborhood. Right. Well, OK, if that whole like if the whole concept of that hypocrisy isn't disgusting, humiliating and horrifying for the victims already, mm-hmm. the victims were taken to a jail and put on display for a public viewing so that everybody could see what Delphine had done. Apparently, 4,000 people came to see them, literally just to, like, gawk at them as a human spectacle. So they're in, they are furious with what this woman has done and the way she's treated these people. But not but providing assistance. it's entertainment. Yeah. Yes. Not only that, but, like, they're in jail. Right. They're not human enough to be, like, provided with a place to recover. They are put in jail. So they're continued to treat continued to be treated like nothing more than property. And in the weeks that followed, two of the victims ended up dying of their wounds. Which I mean Yeah, if they're not receiving treatment from the torture, I mean I guess 
Right. I expected, honestly, all of them to die. Yes. Well, I knew the gist of this story. I did not know any of them were found alive. That amazes me. Right. When people went to question Leonard about what was going on in the house, because obviously this was occurring before the fire Mm -hmm. was put out and he had only left just recently. Yeah. Leonard said people need to mind their own business. I'm wondering if the treatment got worse after Leonard left. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds like because you said she kind of like went a little crazy Mm -hmm. after he left. So I'm guessing she was always very violent and mean to Mm -hmm. them, but uh, it definitely like got more sadistic after he left and there was no one to keep her somewhat in check. Right. After the two victims died and everything's calmed down, the house has been looted. Police began digging in the mansion's yard and they actually found more bodies, Mm. including that girl, Leah, that I had mentioned earlier. Right. I don't know how many they found. I don't think I think it might have been like two or three. It was more than just Leah. Right. But it wasn't like it wasn't like um, John Wayne Gacy's house. Or it wasn't like those church or the schools in Canada. Yes. Right. So Delphine, obviously everyone's disgusted. So you you would think that people angry enough to become an angry mob back in 1830s would have like like taken her to jail, maybe like killed her in the town square. I don't know. But no, I mean, she's like a wealthy white woman. So she and three of her kids, while the mob was like finding all of this stuff, mm-hmm. they ran. They left. Fled well, okay, so it's not like they could have done anything anyway because they were gone. Right, yes. But it seems, it's interesting to me that they had an opportunity to get away. True, yeah. You I wouldn't mean, think that the person whose house, even if they didn't find what they found, you'd think the person whose house was on fire, like people would kind of be keeping track of them. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, but I, I suppose at the same time, if a mob is forming, you know, and right, they want to just be destructive, and, I mean, that's... Right. So she and her three of her kids left and they took a boat to Mobile, Alabama, and then from there escaped to Paris. Eight years after this whole incident, Delphine's son wrote to his brother-in-law that Delphine was planning on returning to New Orleans and pretending like nothing ever happened. (laughs) Not only that, but he mentioned in his letter that he doesn't think his mother even understood why People mobbed her house and why they had to escape. She just assumed that like what she was doing was fine because they were slaves. Yes. And they just escaped. They left because there was a mob. Right. And that scared them. Yeah. But she in like ultimately did not really understand why she couldn't go back. Like she didn't understand why people wouldn't welcome her back. It's not like she did anything wrong. Right. Her kids were like smart and they were made her cancel her plans to move back to New Orleans because I think that they understood slightly better. I want how, how old were her kids when the mob happened? You know, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm just wondering if they like participated in this torture or if they were just kind of like, you know, we have to live through this because this is our mom and we live here. Okay, so there is nothing expressly mentioned about the kids other than those instances they were beaten for trying to help out help out the, the slaves. slaves or give them right. food. I imagine, and again, this is entirely my own imagination, not fact. I imagine that they did not feel even slightly the same way 
towards the slaves as their mother did. Sure. And they she probably ruled the house with an iron fist and they What can they do really? Other exactly. Than run away. But like Right, and where would they go? I mean, this is the mid nineteenth century, early nineteenth century. Yeah. And Louisiana, I just, there's, they would just be returned to their family. Right. So, again, I'm just projecting, I hope that her kids were not. Well, if they were punished for helping the slaves, at least one or two of them at least had like a kind heart in some capacity. Right. At least at one point as kids. Yeah. Anyways, we don't really know how she died. One story is that she died in Paris in a boar hunting accident, which is you torture. And enslave people. And you get to go boar hunting in Paris. I mean, not that I'm, like, jealous of boar hunting. Totally don't want to go boar hunting. But I just feel like you can let off a little little easy if you get to go on, like, pleasure hunts yeah, through that's, Paris. Yeah, that's a rich person thing to do, for sure. Right. That um, was not substantiated. That, I think, was just, like, a popular rumor at the time. Nobody knows how she died. But in the 1930s, somebody found an inscribed copper plate in the St. Louis Cemetery which was near the church where she worshipped, that said, Madame Lalaurie, born Marie-Delphine McCarthy, died in Paris December 7th, 1842. However, records in Paris indicated that she actually died in 1849 at the age of 62. But again, we don't know how. And I nobody knows why an inscription kind of grave would be in New Orleans and sure. why the date would be wrong. Unless they received false news or something. True. And I'm sure she still had friends in town. Yeah, I'm sure it, with her status, I'm sure she had connections still, or at least people that remembered her. Right. So that's the story of the mansion's history. The, her whole facade gets torn down in a day. Like, all, but can you imagine the at least nine years, because that's how long she was married and living in that house, mm-hmm. of just constant torture going on in that house yeah i mean and i suppose since we don't know everything that happened within the walls of this mansion we Mm -hmm. can't say for sure but i think in my opinion it probably escalated to that after the split up i don't know because honestly i think she got worse yeah but honestly from leonard's reaction after people asked him about it he was not sympathetic at all my guess is he participated as well. I mean, as a slave owning head of household, I'm sure he did. It's just I'm wondering if like the escalation on her part disgusted him so much that it was the final straw. I don't think that was it. I think their marital issues were completely unrelated and that he par- probably participated in the abuse and torture as well. And then when he left any like, I don't know, guilt or feelings of kindness towards the slaves in her house left and she was just constantly torturing as opposed to like occasional sadism. That's my guess. Again. Yeah. I guess I don't we, know. we just can't tell for sure. No, but I think that it is fair to guess that it got worse after he left, whether that's exponentially torture worse or she just did it more frequently. I, my question is wh- why? Like how did she become this way? I I realize she was raised in a, like, very upper-class household, raised to be better than everyone else in a strict caste system-type place. 
But there, I'm sure, were hundreds of other women raised similarly in slave-owning households that did not brutally torture and murder. Well, you can say the same exact thing about, like, the 1970s and 80s. Why were there serial killers that killed dozens and dozens of people? Right. So I, I wish that we knew more about her childhood in case, like, there were, like, red flags, that there was something off. Yeah. You know, when you hear the history of Jeffrey Dahmer, everyone's like, he was weird. <laughs> he wasn't normal. Right. I want to hear that about her. But yeah, this was but, so long ago. Yeah, it's, I think it's lost to history. I mean, it's also possible, too, that, like, you know, she may have experienced abuses in her first two marriages that right. gave her maybe even a traumatic brain injury that, you know, messed up her head. And, right. You know, anything, a- could anything could have happened. Could have happened. Yeah. Right. We could stop right there because that whole that's, that's spooky enough. That's a little spooky. But as we all know, houses like that are like a million percent haunted. Shit like that doesn't go on in a house and like not leave it haunted. Wait, but I thought this house was destroyed. Right. So the mansion that is currently at 1140 Royal Street is not the exact same house that the LaLauris lived in. Essentially, it was demolished by the fire and the mob. However, four years after that, after it was destroyed, a man purchased it and he rebuilt it into what it is today. So it's, it's the same land, just a new structure. Yes, over the exact same spot. Sure. It has been used as a high school, a music conservatory, a bar, a furniture store. That'd be a big bar. Luxury apartments. It's, yeah, I think, like, probably sectioned, sectioned off. off. Yeah. And, but you didn't know this, this is my favorite fact. Ready? Ready? Nicholas Cage bought it in 2007 for $3.5 million. Wow. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because it's the cage. God, I love Nicholas Cage. I know everybody says he's a terrible actor, but they're wrong. He's so good, he's bad. <laughs> and he's just throwing his money away at buying a mansion in Louisiana. Right. And honestly, what I tell you next is in no way going to surprise you, but he eventually had to foreclose on it and the bank took over. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he doesn't own it anymore. Because he was too build too busy building his tomb that yeah, he's going to be pyramid. buried in. <laughs> okay. So today the LaLaurie Mansion is known to be cursed and one of the most haunted places in New Orleans. People tend to claim, for good reason, that it's haunted by the victims of her crimes. Sure. By the people she tortured and murdered. There are ghost tours, obviously. You can't go into the building, but it's a like it's a stop on a lot of ghost tours in New Orleans. And and do you know what this building is now? I don't. I don't know what it is now. Mm-hmm. You may be able to tour it. I mean, it might be open for tours. Because there's no way the bank held on to it. I'm sure they tried to get rid of it as fast as they could sure and i should have done more research into that i'm sure that's a very easy google search but it's a stop on ghost tours i think you can tour the inside people claim to hear moaning coming from the area that the victims were found which i find interesting because it's not the technically the same building they also hear a lot of phantom footsteps and a lot of people claim that When they enter the house or get near it, they're overtaken by this incredible, intense, oppressive, negative energy. Sure. Now, not all of the hauntings are associated with this mansion are claimed to even be related to Madame Lalaurie. In fact, 
when the building was used as luxury apartments in the 1890s, there was a man who lived in one of the rooms and he was brutally murdered. And all of his stuff was ransacked and thrown around the room in a big old mess. And the police assumed that it was a robbery gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's most likely what happened. However, they still did their investigation and interviewed all of his neighbors. One of the neighbors claimed that the man who was murdered often complained that he found sprites in his house. He also had previously complained of a demon in the house who told him that he, it would not rest until he met his end, which he eventually did. As we all do. Right. Why, does he hate lemon lime? Like, why, why is he upset oh about gosh. the sprites? <laughs> but here's the thing. Could it be that the mansion, the land that the mansion was located on is actually inhabited by a demon and that Madame Delphine LaLaurie was merely the vessel through which this demon committed its terrible acts. He did say that that one news source said it was a demon in the lady's body. I don't know. I mean, maybe that would explain that when Delphine was in exile in Paris, she didn't understand why. Yeah, like she, she was, was confused. Gone. Maybe maybe she was possessed and she just had no memory of it. Yeah, I doubt it, though. I'm not going to make any excuses no, for her. No. She sucks balls. No. I had said earlier that the building used to be a school, and it was. There were claims that students would report to their teachers that they were getting mysterious scratches and bruising on their arms. During classes, mm-hmm. pranks, maybe disgruntled murdered spirits, also maybe. <laughs> there are dozens of other claims and accounts of different hauntings. Everybody, like, there's dozens of experiences people have claimed happened during tour, ghost tours. And I mean, this mansion has a history going back to the 1830s. So, I feel like a lot of people are like, old building, haunted. Right. In addition to that, this mansion and the story have been featured in TV shows and movies. So the legend gets bigger and bigger and like people add their own creative touches to it. Um, I think American Horror Story coven, Madame LaLaurie was one of the, was a witch and mm, like that was Kathy Bates. Yes. Some people have claimed she was like doing scientific experiments. I mean, I mean, nobody knows what her motives were. They could have been anything. My guess is she was just one fucked up person. Yeah. Even without ghosts, though. Holy shit, dude. Terrible story It's a terrible story. <laughs> it reminds me of how disgusting America like was. I I wouldn't even say this is an American exclusive thing. It's just how disgusting some people can be. Well, in this case, even the... Um, oh, you were talking in regards to slavery. I thought you meant like the torture of just people. No, I mean, torture has been going on since the beginning of time. I'm just... This story in particular is the perfect mix of cultural setup in America at the time. I mean... She was essentially given people to do whatever she wanted with. Right. I mean, that's not something that happens in America right now, at least that I am aware of in general civilized society. Sure. Yeah. So I just it's 
mind boggling that that is a tr- like an actual thing that happened in real life to actual people by a single woman. And I think what makes it even more intriguing is she's a woman. It's a woman. Yeah. It's not nobody blamed Leonard. Right. Or her kids. I'm I, I'm guessing her kids had nothing to do with this, though. Right. And I'm just I'm I don't know if it's because of like the stories being told through a lens of today, but I didn't even read anything about people trying to make excuses for her that like, you know, they made her do it, you know, because they were terrible slaves or do you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I don't. I feel like a white, prominent white woman of that time, people would try to make excuses for her as opposed to running her out of the country. Don't you think? Yeah, but at the same time, if people are coming into the house and there are, you know, many witnesses that saw her try to prevent people from coming into a house while it's on fire and then when they get in, obvious torture is happening. Yes, I think that had it not been as horrifically gruesome as it was i don't think the consequences would have been as bad for her i mean i think that it must have been a horrifying sight yeah because i I imagine that the the people who came across this were also slave owners themselves and likely committed horrific crimes against their own either they were slave owners themselves or they were just you know complicit Part, it's part of everyday life in the right. South in the 1800s, early 1800s. Yeah, it's just mind boggling. And I don't know. Also, um, I did a quick Google search of the mansion, too. Mm-hmm. It seems that it is now a historic building and they okay. do haunted tours. OK, and that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't even get into the fact that this mansion is located in New Orleans. The most haunted city in America. I mean, it's known for its spook factor. Yeah. One thing I really wish we got out of this story was justice. And that sounds really stupid, but the be- I love true crime. And the best part of true crime to me is like the catching and the trial and the justice and like finding out what the motives were. But this wasn't that. This was something horrific happened. The lady left. Nobody, basically the victims got punished for it and life went on. And at the same time, like half the puzzle pieces are missing in the story too. Because yes. we just don't know like what happened for years and years. Right. Or her Was childhood. she born a sadist? What, did she hit her head? What happened to make her that way? There's no way you were born like that. Or is there? I don't know. I've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds. Everybody's, everybody's a criminal. <laughs> Everyone's a criminal. But- that's the story. I think it's horrific and definitely spooky and um, dark. Pretty dark. It's pretty nasty. Yeah. Definitely not as lighthearted as our previous episode. Well, I have something nasty to share as well. Okay. Today, we don't have a listener story. Just a little news clipping. But if you would like to send us a personal tale. Send it over to us. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you that info. Yeah, we'll give you that info in a little bit. But right now, we're going down under. Mm-hmm. Hope you got your Vegemite handy. Mm. 
You do. Yes, Everett's been searching for Vegemite in Duluth, Minnesota for years. And I'm like, okay, nowhere, nowhere has it, so I just have to order it online. I don't understand why it took you, what, four years it, it was, to decide to order it? It, it was the hunt, too. I, like, you know, it's the journey. That's true. Everett's, like, really big into Pokemon, as you've, you've known. His whole life is about the hunt. <laughs> I guess, but I mean, I don't know. I just like going into like random grocery stores and looking for Vegemite. Never had it. Anyways, the point is I haven't seen you eat it since you got it. What do you mean? I put it with a little butter on toast. Like once? Oh, yeah, twice a week, once or twice a week. I don't believe you. Anyway, we're in the native land of the Vegemite. Okay. Around 200 staff and 420 inmates will be transferred from the Wellington Correctional Center in rural New South Wales to other prisons in the region during the next 10 days while cleaning and repairs take place. Corrective Services Commissioner Peter Severin said this on Tuesday, and this was just released today. So he said this today. So that's... We're recording on Tuesday. Right. This is coming on Friday. The health, safety, and well-being of staff and inmates is our number one priority, so it's important for us to act now to carry out the vital... Remediation work, Severin said. So what's going on? I uh, Millions of mice have caused havoc in the grain-growing region of Australia's most populous state for months, devouring crops and haystacks as well as invading homes, businesses, schools, hospitals, and prisons. Hell yeah. The most common complaint about the plague is an ever-present stench of mice urine and decaying flesh. People report being bitten by mice in bed. Mouse carcasses and excrement and roof guttering are polluting farmers' water tanks and causing sickness across the continent. The remediation work at the prison will include investigating ways to protect the facility from future mice plagues, which are a phenomenon largely unique to Australia. Plagues usually happen when rain follows several years of drought. The current plague is the worst that many can remember in some areas. Severin said that the mice infestation was worse in the prison buildings that weren't built with concrete. The mice have got into wall cavities, into roof spaces. They're dead, but then they start obviously decaying, and then the next problem is mites, Severin told us. Jesus. Government mouse researcher Steve Henry (laughs) said mice numbers had begun to plateau as the species have always stopped breeding during the southern hemisphere winter which is right now. Mm-hmm. But numbers could explode again if conditions are right in the spring. Can we talk about all this shit that's kicked off in 2020? We've had a, like a human plague. We got the 17-year cicadas that have been showing up and just crusting. The murder hornets, too. The murder hornets. We got mouse plagues. There's a lot of crazy shit happening right now. Some people when may do you say, think there's going to be a volcano eruption? When's yeah, the next one? S- some people. Oh, is that what you were just about? To no, talk no, about? no. It's not. But I was just going to say. Some people say it's climate change. Some people think it's you know the world ending. But as we know, the world ended in 2012. Right. But also, it could just be both. The world climate is ending because in- of climate change. Oh, well, yes, that's somehow more sad. Or, <laughs> or the world's not ending, and I will say the world is not ending because. The world is not just humankind. We will die out and the earth will remain until the sun supernovas. Well, right. That's true. We're just a species renting time on this planet. But it is possible that we are killing ourselves slowly through all of this. 
I'm placing bets now. Devastating volcano eruption somewhere in the world that spews ash into the sky and the effects of which cause devastating drought or famine. That's going to happen sometime between now and December. Have, have, isn't there something in like Yellowstone or something where yeah, it, like the, if the, it erupts, like it's going to kill basically all of America? Yeah. Oh, it's called Old, um, old Reliable. Old Faithful. Old, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. It's old, old Faithful. Faithful. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, Something's going to happen. It's it, why not? The chain of events started March 2020. Well, and yeah, obviously with COVID, you can see how a lot of people are treating, you know, an actual plague on humanity. And I don't have faith in anyone right now. So you know what's really a little spooky? Really a little spooky? Life. And mites. Yeah, I would not do well. <laughs> Anyways, you, Australia, if you're okay, send us a letter. They're okay. It is plateauing because it I is don't know what there. I don't. I can't say what weather in new south wales is like i imagine it's disgustingly hot no because that's what i hear about no it's winter there right now yes but we live in duluth minnesota if it's over 70 degrees it's too hot the point is (laughs) can you imagine a bunch of dead mice in like the walls the walls but like in like 80 degree weather that's i feel for you well, yeah, because that that is usually when these mice plagues happen is when it's really hot and starting to cool down. Gross. That's um, gross. But that's it for today. But if you would like to send us your own spooky tale, whether it happened to you or if you come across something you would like us to talk about, send it our way. You can send it to Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. All are at NerdSlothHQ. And again, that is at NerdSloth. HQ. Or if you want, you can send us an email at podcast at nerdsloth.com. Make sure to put a little spooky in the subject line. And that's all we got today, folks. Yep, we will be back at you next week with another fine, fine episode. Everett's going to host that one. No hints, because I'm not sure if I'm going to be prepared or not. So, (laughs) so. Topic may change, but I will be at you next week. Hope you enjoyed. Love you. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.